Hello and welcome to the Potter's Podcast on a really sad day after last night's event, of course. I'll be honest, I was walking home from the pub last night and a ball hit me on the head. And it was from, obviously, Harry Kane's penalty. <laughs> we, we've got to laugh yeah. or we'll cry. So, yeah, hello, it Ange. wasn't a great day. It wasn't a great day. It's To be fair, it's been a decent World Cup, but, you know, England's story's over again. What do you think it was? Why do you think we got knocked out again? Do you think it was just those lack, lacking that bit of quality? I don't think we lack quality. I, th- I thought we had some dreadful refereeing and lines person decisions. Uh, um, and I just think the mentality and the ruthlessness of France, they've they won a World Cup recently, they won the Europeans. I think it shows, and in those real pressure moments, even though England were the better team, in my opinion, France knew how to win and they dug it out. And everybody said Griezmann was past his best. Griezmann did some lovely crosses last night, especially the one that Giroud scored from. I thought he was their man of the match. Everybody's talking about Mbappe, but uh, it's done now. Another four years to go. Whether Southgate carry on, I don't know. Right at this minute, I don't care. Um, it was just a depressing end to what had been a depressing afternoon watching Stoke not beat Cardiff yet again. Well, we'll go into that after. Let's go a bit more into England because that's, that's what we've got to talk about now. I mean, Gareth Southgate, would you keep hold of him if he if he wanted to or do you think it's time for a fresh voice well he's got two I think he's got two years left on his contract I think he's done a very good job of pulling the players together and when you look at the alternative I personally would only have an Englishman um, look after the England team manage the England team and if unless somebody else comes forward then the only person people are going to call for is anyhow and I personally wouldn't call for Eddie Howe. Look, he's done a great job at Newcastle. I, I'd stick with Gareth Southgate, and I think the players like him. Uh, and to be fair, a lot of people didn't think Harry Maguire should have played. Harry Maguire had a very good tournament. He did, yeah. I, I think they all did, really. I, I, for me, there's a lot of question marks on Gareth Southgate, and there's another candidate there and Graham Potter that I think would suit... More of an international. I don't think circuit. he's had enough experience yet to even be considered. But yeah, no, I know what you're saying. But look, it's done now, and and the players on the pitch are the ones that perhaps should be held a bit more accountable. But on a night like last night, I thought they did as good as they could have done. And as I say, I just think it was a mentality thing. And he has changed the mentality of the club of of England a lot. Um, look. They, they lost, that's it. Nobody will remember the ref's decisions. Nobody will remember that England were the better team. And I just say, come on, Argentina. No, you're not saying, come on, Argentina. We don't want Argentina when it's Morocco all the way. We know who's going to win Yeah, well, I mean, you're just going to want anybody other than Argentina to win it because I get extra points if I pick the World Cup winning team and you'll be way down in the relegation zone. There's two of us, and it's still 1-0 on score prediction, so it, it doesn't really matter. So, it, you just have won the World Cup prediction game. I mean, I first went with, obviously, Japan as a joke, and then <laughs> the more the World Cup went through, I thought, oh, my God, Japan may win this. So, I did put a sneaky £10 bet on. I've lost that. Um, but, yeah, the World Cup's been good as a whole. I think a lot of the anger about it being... You know, held in Qatar is has been has been mentioned a lot. I mean, I I just don't like it in winter. You know, the whole thing about a World Cup for me is sitting in the sun with a big screen on watching the game and, and yeah, all that. Like, not being freezing cold and a boozer when I, I noticed this time, Andrew. I don't know if you went out to watch it at a, a pub or anything like that to watch the England game. 
nobody was throwing beer around this time. No, that's what we noticed as well. I was glad, really, because it was flipping cold, as you said, and uh, beer's so expensive now that maybe you don't want to chuck it around anyway, although it's too cold to chuck beer at the moment. I didn't want, I think, we'd have chucked a few, but or people would have chucked a few, but we didn't. And um, I'm really sad about the whole thing. I wish we'd, we wouldn't have anything but a, a victory to talk about, but we haven't, and, and life goes on. And in terms of the semi-final now, I'm all Morocco for, for that half, but obviously all Argentina for the other one. We, we don't like Argentina, Ange. Until I don't the... like Argentina, but I just think Messi will go out having won the World Cup. I do. I just think it will happen. I, I did not really have a great deal of sympathy for Cristiano Ronaldo when he walked down the tunnel in tears. He's had a lot of success in his life. Um, and I aren't a big fan of people going down the tunnel crying when just because they haven't won, won something when they haven't been completely involved in the game. And, and for me, Messi is the, is the best player on the planet and I just think it would be fitting for him, him to win it. No, I mean I'm I'm the opposite of Cristiano Ronaldo. He's had an incredible career, and it's it's his fifth and final chance at a World Cup medal. You, you know he's been an amazing player for me. I think Ronaldo was a bit better than Lionel Messi because he did it. He did it at every high division level, aren't he? I mean he's done it in Spain, done it in Italy, and done it in England. So I think Messi's done it all at Barcelona. I mean he hasn't ripped up trees at PSG, but I just believe that Ronaldo. But he's tarnished his own career, aren't he, with what he's done recently. And that's what's yeah, going to go. Yeah. It's, it's going to go yeah. against him because he's. It looks like yeah. he's going to go Saudi Arabia on. I think. I think it's is it six million a week he, he could be getting it in, in Saudi Arabia, which is absolutely insane money to go play in. Let's be honest, a pub league. It's. Um, I think I'd be tempted for six million a week, um, whether it was a pub league or if I was only playing turning out for the dog and duck. I think I'd kiss the badge if I was getting. Uh, six million a week but as you say a lot of people will think of and he has been a great player and he scored some fantastic goals for his country for Real Madrid for Man United and so on Um, but as you say a lasting memory of him now will be throwing his toys out the pram at Man United and then again for Portugal yeah because it's going to be his last time probably won't play again especially the emergence of that young Ramos but We'll go into now the more exciting news. Now, football's back at the Bet365, a bit too early in my opinion, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm surprised there was anybody there really in preparation of the World Cup. You know, it's a bit of a daft time, do we? To know the Premier League coming back to back Boxing Day. And I think that should happen all round, really. Yeah, I agree. But we got back, we played Cardiff, and we'll go into the possession. We had 44% possession, Cardiff had 56. Shots, we had 11, Cardiff had 8. We had 3 on target, they had 5. Corners, we had 6, they had 6 as well. And fouls, again, we again we were in charge of fouls since Alex McNeil came in. We, we got 10, they got 7. So, a game that was, again, no one really controlled it. In the scoreline of 2-2 probably prompted that, didn't it? There was a bit of a shock for myself, really. Uh, I thought we were very, very slow to start. And being the home team, not having played for a while, been away, everybody thought we'd come back a little bit better. It was only after Cardiff scored um, that we sort of started to wake up. Um, 
the, the bonuses for me were that two strikers finally scored, Campbell and Delac, but we could, we can't stop people scoring against us. And I do actually think if the game had carried on another few minutes, we might have lost. It was all Cardiff towards the end, and I was delighted when he blew his whistle just before they took that corner. And Jack Bonham made a couple of very good saves. He also, I think, perhaps wished he'd have done a little bit better with at least one of the goals. But that's Stoke, they just... They're just so frustrating to watch and I can only imagine they're so frustrating for the manager too um, because you just don't know what you're going to get. They, they play one half really well and then the next half, you wonder who, who's turned out for them. Uh, Nick Powell coming on in his cameo role yesterday, I thought that was the worst match I'd ever seen anybody have for Stoke in terms of... Did he pass to a Stoke player once? Uh, no, but we'll, we'll cover all this and player ratings, don't you worry. But we're going with the first goal that was in the sixth minute, which was by Wintle, ex-crew man Wintle as well. Yeah, I, there were two ex-crew players, weren't there, Perry and G as well, but uh, look, he took the goal well. Um, again, it was slack defending by Stoke, and I just they just seemed completely unable to marshal somebody out. The ball comes across, they, they try and clear it, and they just don't clear the ball properly every time they're under pressure. Stoke, Stoke don't do the dirty part of the game well enough. It, listen, it was a good shot. He took his goal well. Uh, and then we woke up. Yeah, I mean, the first goal, the space he had to marshal that and have a shot. I mean, nobody was really closing him down, not properly. And he had all the time in the world, didn't he? It seemed to me like yeah. he were a bit scared to put a foot in. And... I know the referees have been bad, we've covered that and we'll, we'll do it in player ratings as well, but I do believe that... I, do, I, I just feel that it was another soft goal and it was early on again and it puts us on edge. Yeah, but but having said that, I, I do think um, a lot can be laid at the blame of the, the referee and I know we've talked about referees being rubbish, but the referee was rubbish yesterday and then you go from being on edge slightly with a decent first half to being just absolute garbage in the second half Ian there's no there's no way you can you can dress that up other than saying we were really poor in the second half the problem is it's like because I think because we've got these inexperienced players it's I don't think they understand the jobs yet and I've said this before about when you're loaning kids that haven't played they're either good or they're bad there's no in-betweens really and that's where yeah. for me the problem lies and we've got we've got no players that are just good at the jobs and it's clear to no. see they're learning the trade. But well, then, I think Gary Suter you could take out of that. I think Gary Suter knows his job. Well, he definitely knows his job, but it's it's how long we can keep hold of him. Right, yeah. the eleventh minute, probably Stoke's best finisher, Tyrese Campbell, tucked away his chance. What do you think of that goal? I thought it was a a, a, a well taken goal. He he did what he's um, he's done well for. A long time. He is the best finisher at the club. I, I still think he, he holds the ball. He holds onto the ball too much at times. I think he um, he, he just keeps the ball a bit too long. But he, one thing you can say about him is yesterday he tried to take the game to Cardiff. I thought he tried to take the game to Cardiff yesterday more than most. He looked dangerous, and I thought he had one of his better games for Stoke uh, for a while. Um, but that hasn't said a lot really in the past. But yeah, I thought he. Um, Probably man of the match for me. He had an assist, didn't he? He scored. Um, I'm not sure how much more we could ask for anybody in that team at the moment. If everybody had an assist and scored, Stoke would be doing much better than they are at the moment. 
Well, it's it's true. I mean, there was a there was a good fifteen minutes of what happened after Campbell's goal. He picked the team up. I mean, he took it well. Great little little side foot in the back of the net. It was a good good finish. And then we yeah. move on to Liam Delap. Only seven minutes later, on the eighteenth minute, took it away his second of the season. Yeah, he puts himself about, doesn't he? He took the goal well. Um, I thought he was very unfortunate for the penalty because it was quite clearly the first one was definitely a penalty and the second one I'd have given two. Uh, but he's, he's a young lad and again, he's going to get himself booked all the time for uh, remonstrating with the ref or the linesman or anybody that that can come within, uh, you know, 10 foot of him. I'm glad he scored though because he did finish it well. Um, but like the others, he, he starts. He started okay after we woke up when Cardiff had scored, and then he fades. Um, and I would have, I think, I'd have made changes before the manager did. Yeah, well, we'll cover that later in the other one. And then, of course, Cardiff equalised in the second half with Robinson, a player that's been around the block and has hit us a few times, hasn't he? Yeah, and you know what? I thought he scuffed that shot. I don't think he hit it properly. Uh, that again, there again, you've got a, a situation where how many times, Ian, did we have a chance to clear that attack? Uh, three times, wasn't it? Yeah, I thought three, and we don't, and we pay the price. As much as Bonham had made a couple of good saves, and, and he was close to getting man of the match for me, the ball goes past him, and we're back to square one. And their substitutions definitely changed the momentum of the game. And where people in the past were talking about Michael O'Neill being reactive with subs. I thought Alex Neil was reactive with subs yesterday too. Yeah, I agree with you. And we'll go into that next. So we go into the player ratings and we jump straight in with my man of the match, Jack Bonham. Uh, I thought he made a couple of good saves. I do think he perhaps was at fault with the first goal. Um, it's about time he, he made some good saves. He still doesn't fill me with a great deal of confidence. I still think we need another senior keeper at the moment uh, but look he made some good saves and that's better than we've said about him in the past so for me he's getting a six uh, he gets a seven from me Jack Bottom yesterday I thought yeah he was a bit suspect but to be honest it was a good strike the first one so I mean for me if it wasn't for Bonham in the second half I think we would have lost that game he made a couple of good clinical saves, which is why he's getting man of the match for me. Everybody knows I don't rate him. I don't think he's good enough for this level. He but, looks nervous all the time to me, Ian. He yeah, looks yeah. really ner- a bunch of nerves. Well, I think the big reason why these some of these players do feel like that is because they have been brought in on short contracts, knowing full well that if they don't perform, they're out of the club. And you've got yeah. to think the amount of play For me, that has a big impact on... The, the team as a whole, really. I mean, we look at our entire squad. I think there's only five players that will have contracts past this season. So yeah. when you're looking at them, Jack, Jack Bonham knows. If you ask Jack Bonham behind closed doors and off the record, Jack Bonham will say, I know I haven't got a future at Stoke. Yeah, possibly. And that that's why I think there is there. But I thought he performed well. I thought he kept us in the game because second half, it was pretty much all Cardiff, wasn't he? In the last 10 yeah. minutes was frightening and I thought he he led it well. He does look nervous, I agree with you 100%, but I still believe he was man of the match for that performance. Okay. Right, now we go into Bo- uh, Wilmot, sorry, I nearly said bottom again, Wilmot. I 
thought he had a dreadful second half. I didn't think he was very good in the first half, but the second half, he just went off on one. I don't know what he was doing. I, I, I thought his passing wasn't up too much. Normally, he, he had one move when he went forward. I thought, here we go. But I thought his passing was pretty atrocious yesterday. I'm going to give him a four. He gets a four from me. Again, he's in the wrong position. I don't care what anybody says. He was really struggling all game with the runners that Cardiff were breaking down that left-hand side. And, yeah, he had a hard game. He was trying to run and he was making the wrong decisions. But that comes when you're, when you're in your right position, doesn't he? We know he's got yeah. a, good, a good ball on him and he is probably our best defender. So why he's playing right back, I don't know, against very good, tricky wingers that Cardiff have got. He didn't add much to the game so that's why he gets that score right Josh Tymon hmm. I thought Josh didn't have one of his best games I thought he got to caught out a lot down the left hand side listen he made he made he made a goal with his assist um, and I think I'll give him an extra point for that so he gets a five from me but um, it wasn't his finest game he was poor as well yeah another four from me for Josh Tymon another game where you know, he was at times he was a bit of a lone ranger, wasn't he? Getting lost yeah. on that left side, and that that's the biggest yeah. problem. And I've said this so many times about why Timon isn't succeeding as a consistent player because that big word's consistent. Sometimes he, he can be the best man on the pitch, and and has been for a while, which is why Stoke fans trust him to be a good player. Because, but it's his form's all over the place. I had uh, the read back last last night about the scores we've given because I do write them down because we've got to remind each other that who gets our top mark is now officially the Potts Podcast Player of the Season so whoever gets the most marks is going to be a player of the season at the moment it's going to be Connor Taylor so that shows you <laughs> how well things have been going on but time, time and yesterday you know he did have that good effort that was that was tipped by Smithies I just thought when he doesn't get brought into the game he goes missing and that's the big issue with it for me yeah, I, I don't think he into fullback, is he? No. Um, and and um, that's the problem. He, he's not... When I say he's not a fullback, in the back four, it, it doesn't suit him. Yeah. And that's all I'll say on that. Right, so now we go into Harry Clark. There's not a great deal I want to say about Harry Clark yesterday. I thought he was um, less than average... Uh, didn't think he'd, he contributed much going forward at all. Uh, in fact, I think it was pretty hopeless all the way around, which might be a bit harsh to say, but uh, he's getting a four. I'll go over three, actually. I didn't think he contributed much to the game. He wasn't breaking up and down the channels good enough for me. I don't feel that he's a right-back. I thought he was going to be a right-back, but to be honest, every time I look at Harry Clark, he looks like a centre-back to me. Yeah. That isn't very tall. He's, he, I think he'd be a good centre back, really, like a right sided centre back. But yeah, for, what would you do with Harry Clark? Would you give him back Arsenal at this point? He gave away a lot of silly free kicks, and I thought he was pretty poor defensively as well as going forward. At this moment in time, if there was somebody better on the horizon, I would go. I would say yes, you can go back. But I don't think there will be somebody better that wants to come to Stoke. And I think we've signed him for a, a season anyway. Um, so I think we've stuck with him. Bloody all this negativity towards Stoke, and You're going to have to sort <laughs> this out. Who's, who's going to want to join Stoke? I mean, I think once you said Tom Boat would pick Bale over Stoke. Bloody hell. Right, so we move into the returning man from Australia. 
not the shining light that we thought he would be, but Harry Suti. I thought our defence was poor all the way through yesterday. I, I thought, I think memory serves me right, he got a daft yellow card. Of, of a bunch that was bad, he did okay, so he's getting a five from me. Uh, another four for me from Harry Suter. I, I think, he, to be honest, he didn't look fit for me. He has only just no. come back from Qatar and he has played limited games. So, you yeah. know, for me, he needs to, we need to give him a bit of time. I know he's had a good World Cup, but we do need to give him a little bit of time, get, him, get his legs back, get him used to it. I thought there was a couple of good clearances he made, which is expected for somebody six foot six. But I don't think he's going to go anywhere till the summer, depending on how well he plays for us. Yeah, I'm glad to see him back though, aren't you? No, yeah, I am. And the one thing I thought was in his defence was he, he he hadn't got the confidence in, in his um, in his fellow defenders. He's been playing with a team that probably can defend better than us at the moment in Australia. In Australia. And I thought, you know, Wilmot, Clark, they didn't exactly position themselves great to give him a chance to cover himself in glory. So, um, it's not the greatest day at the office. No, it definitely wasn't. But I, I don't think it's more in trusting the defence. I think it's more him not trusting the goalkeeper and not trusting the midfield. Yeah, there, it could there, be that. There wasn't a lot of tracking back from that midfield yesterday to support, especially for the both goals conceded. The, but Baker's disappointed me more and more, but we'll go into him after. Right, so we go into Jordan Thompson. I thought he was one of our better players yesterday. I uh, don't know what you thought. I thought he's, he was effective, he was tidy. I'm quite a fan of him, but yesterday it was an average game for him. Um, he did okay, so I'm giving him a six. I'll go on with a five. I thought he played okay, if if I'm going to be honest. I thought he did all right. He was tracking back nicely. But again, it comes down to that poor decision-making on the passing. Like We know yeah. he's got a good left foot. We know he has, because that's why he played on the wing for Blackpool. But is he going to start learning when to play these balls there was a couple where they were blocked and, and he, he he made the simple pass. He, I thought Joe Allen was back with a left foot yesterday. And for me, he's got to improve, Ange. He's got these players, they've got to start improving because you could see the... Did you notice during the second half the gap between the midfield and the defence? No, yeah, sorry, first no, half. terrible, yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah, there's a giant gap between the, the the three lines of the team. You've got your forward players, your midfield and your defence, and the gap between all three of them is ridiculous. No wonder we can't pick pass. Passes in and play a consistent game. I like the formation yesterday, which we'll go into. But next, Louis Baker. He's gone off is about the best thing I can say for him. He, he uh, At the moment, he doesn't defend or attack. I thought that was primarily because he was being played too deep originally. But something's changed. I don't know if it's the fact he's a captain. I, he certainly wouldn't be my captain now. Uh, but um, he wasn't very good at all. And, and um, I think the need is to be an anonymous of any of the players on the pitch. So I'm giving him a four. Uh, he gets a three from me, um, Louis Baker. I thought he was the invisible man again yesterday. Apart from making the simplest pass going, which was to Thompson next to him or Campbell when he dropped back, or a simple pass to Wilmot. 
no adventure at all. No going forward. No, no, no clinical. He's not the passing. player we signed, is he? No, he's not the player that we had on loan last season. No, sorry, we got last season. And I, what did I say at the start of the season about Lewis Baker's contract? Uh, no, he got one. He'd probably not play very well. Yeah, I said, don't give him a contract till he proves his worth. And we've given yeah, him his contract yeah. early, and he's been hopeless. Yeah. This well, not hopeless, but he, he's been poor, very, yeah. very wavy with his performances. Yeah. And the last five, I had a listen back. Like I said, he hasn't got over a five in his last five appearances for Stoke. No, which isn't good enough. No. Right. So no. now we go on to the left side, which was Fossu. Um, I thought he had his worst game in the Stoke shirt. Um. He, he didn't beat anybody. He fell over a lot. He certainly struggled with his footwear. Um, his, his, his final ball was atrocious. Um, oh, three. I'm going to go over two for Fosu. I've, I've been calling for a long time to see him on that side. And yesterday was poor. But well, that, he had no end product, did he? There was no, no end product to anything he did. No, no, he was running down channels all the time, getting himself lost, and every time we needed a bit of skill from him to come inside, because that's where he plays his best, where he gets the ball, comes, he's like a right-footed version of Campbell, where he's on form and on song. And I was hoping he'd do that yesterday, because the formation was what I've been wanting to see for a long time. But yesterday, he was poor. He was really poor. And... Yeah, he gets it. He was very, very poor. I'll be honest. And then now we go next to the the manager's pet. I don't know what he's doing, but Smallbone. Yeah, um, he was okay in the first half. Put himself about a bit, like everybody. Dreadful in the second half, but I just don't understand what his decision making process is. He never ever does things that you think, oh, there's a ball on there, passes. Um, he just does the easy passes. Uh, and there's there's nothing sort of cutting edge, scintillating about him. Uh, to me, he's a flicks and tricks man. We can't, we can't afford. And his first touch was awful, as well as some horrible decision making yesterday. So um, he flattered to deceive, I think, in the first half. And I'm giving him a five. Uh, he's getting a three for me. He gets a low score. Brings nothing to the table. I don't understand why he's playing every week. I, d- I, d- I don't understand what he's doing because he doesn't. He isn't even supporting the striker when he plays. The, the whole point of a cam is to be the man that threads the players through and starts yeah. attacks. He isn't yeah. doing it. Because we've got, three mid- we've got three midfielders that played yesterday... They were very good at the simple possession passes, but when it comes down to making a clever pass, none of them were any good. Every ball that they tried to get a player away, it was misled. And I don't understand yeah. what Smallbone's doing to get in this side because I just can't see it at all. I just genuinely you, can't see it. What are you giving him marks-wise? Uh, I'm giving him three. Just poor. Okay. Just poor. Right, now we move into Campbell. Well, I, 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 to, I told you that I thought Campbell had one of his better games for Stoke. And it was between 
three players for man of the match, which doesn't mean it was an outstanding performance by any of them, but I thought Bonham, Thompson or Campbell. And uh, I'm giving it to Campbell because um, I thought he was our most threatening forward. Um, as I told you, I think sometimes he holds on the ball too long. Um, but at times he looked back to his old self and dangerous, so um, he's getting a seven. Um, he gets a six from me. It's second to play man of the match. I thought finally we've seen Campbell in the position that I've been calling for now for two seasons. Well, see, the last of the season. Yeah. Coming up on that right-hand side. That's where yeah. he's effective. He can come in on his left foot. And he causes any defender down that side an absolute nightmare. And it's finally we've seen him back in his position. Now, hopefully Alex Neal sticks with this formation, which we'll talk about after with Alex Neal. But I thought Campbell was brilliant yesterday and he was close to man of the match. If it wasn't for the importance of the saves from Bonham... Because for me personally, we're in a relegation battle, so that, you know to get any points at this moment is a, is a real advantage. But I thought Campbell was really good. Right now we're going to Liam Delap. I thought that was the best game he'd had for Stoke yesterday. One penalty at least he should have had, probably two. He's too young. He's learning his trade, and probably in two years' time, everybody will be thanking us for making him the better player than than, than he would have been otherwise. It hasn't worked for him in terms of goal scoring, but my word, he put that chance away well. So, for me, he's getting a six. Another six for me, I thought it was. I agree. I mean, I think the lap was... Um, I thought he played well, to be fair. I thought he was unlucky not get a penalty as well. I, I think that he took his chance brilliantly, really, for a young lad. Yeah. I agree, I think he's too young yet. I think next season he'll probably really jump on, which is always what happens to Stoke. We get these young players, you know, they don't work, they go somewhere else and start hitting the back of the net. It just seems to be Stoke's luck. But I think he gave a good account of himself. But the reason why I think he did was because of the way we were playing. Because there was support behind him. Whereas normally he's like a lost sheep walking around with three defenders around him. Whereas yesterday he was able to move and get in space. So if we could stick to this formation and get somebody better than Smallbone, maybe Nick Powell, who could support Powell, eh, Delap, sorry, I think Delap could start scoring goals here. Cause I think well, that could, would be nice. I think it could turn, but it's this formation that I've been calling for for a long time. Right, so... In the 69th minute, Nick Powell came on for Baker. I think there was a cheer for that at that point, wasn't there? Because everyone forgot that Baker was playing, didn't they? Yeah, um, I think the, the cheer would have subsided very quickly if they didn't know now Nick Powell was going to play. Um, I thought Nick Powell was... Um, well, I thought he was awful. I, I, as I said earlier, I, he looked disinterested, which I don't think... You could say he was, but he, that was just his body language. I don't can't remember him passing to a Stoke player at all. Um, so his decision making and his passes were poor. Um, having said that, I thought the team looked a little bit better when he was on, but that might have been because Baker went off. It, it, it was just bad. He, uh, on his two, he's getting a two. <gasps> can't do that, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I did not Fosu, by the way. Did you give Fosu a score? Yeah, I gave him a three. Okay. I thought Nick Powell is looking like a player that's starting to do Ronaldo and throw his, throw his toys Sweet. out the pram. He looks like a player that, because of the last two years, maybe three, Nick Powell's been the star man of this team. Yeah. I, 
and with the arrival of Baker and how well Baker did start, I think Powell... I think we all know that the writing's on the wall that this is Nick Powell's last season at Stoke. Unless there's a real turnaround in this second half of the season, which I don't personally think there will be, I think Nick Powell's going. And I think his, his attitude is starting to... I think he's starting to get that idea of that himself. And he's, I just don't think he cares now. Because that performance yesterday, his passes were wayward. He was always in the wrong place. When balls were going in the box, he was nowhere near him. And he wasn't lounging outside the box, where he can be deadly as well. I think he, I think he might be one that either moves this January or moves permanently in the summer. It's going to be one of them. Right, also in the 69th minute, Brown for Delap. He always tries, um, but there wasn't much up front for him to latch onto there. Um, technically, he isn't gifted, but he just makes up for it with working hard and trying. To me, it was a meh substitution, but because he tries so hard, I'm giving him a five. Bloody a five? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, I'll go in with a three for that. Um, when Brown came on, we lost any outlet of, of attack for me. He went dawed and he, he chased down the ball when it went to the back line of Cardiff, but we looked completely toothless when Brown came on. And this is a, a subject that we'll come on later. We'll, we'll talk about now a bit about Brown. Has this season been a second? Has he been a one season wonder? What's going on with Brown this season? I don't think he'll be. It's a one season wonder at all. I mean, he's had an injury. He's having to to wait to get in the team because of the prof, prolific players we've got in front of him that have scored, what is it, about five goals? Gale and Campbell, Dilap. So I don't think I think he needs a run of games and I think he will get a run of games. I do honestly think he'll get to play more and more. There wasn't much happening, as I said, when, when he came on and his technique isn't brilliant. What he, get, what he gets under people's skins with is how hard he works. And I don't think we've got enough of those players that would die for this year's, and he's one of them that would, I think. Yeah, I agree that he needs to get back in the team and get a bit of a flow going again, because, to be honest, before for a long time, he was top goal scorer for, I think, first half of the yeah. season. I think the last yeah. were two goals, which shows you how how poor we are. Let's <laughs> be honest. that was top yeah. goal scorer for half a season with two goals. It, it's pretty woeful. I think it is. Anyway, there might be somebody else who's scored more. But anyway, I, th- I think he just needs to get himself back up to speed. Right, substitutes that weren't used was Berzik, Jaggy Elke, Kilkenny back on the bench. Is that him returning, Andrew? Don't know. Taylor and Tezjel. Yeah, um, I think had we have had one of those penalties and scored it, Tezjel would have been on uh, before the end. But it's nice to see him on the bench. Um, but that could tell you several things. It could tell you that Gale's nowhere near fit enough. Um, we know Lucas is out, which I know you're quite happy about. Dujon Sterling, he's missing. Uh, and, and you think, what is going on, don't you? Why, again, have we got all these injuries? Well, I mean, we could look into it if you want, I mean, about the injuries that we have. I mean, and you look at the players that are injured, I'm not saying all of them are fake, but are some of them going, oh, yeah, I can't be bothered this Christmas, let's see if can, there's nothing to play for, because really there isn't, apart from staying up, isn't there, at this moment in time? Yeah, and I forgot Josh Laurent, too. Uh, uh, he's another one that um, isn't seeming to be fit at the moment. So, 
these innocuous injuries that we tend to have that then turn into six, eight weeks off, it's just got to stop. And it could be people have had enough want to rest. I mean, they've only, they've only had four weeks off, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, they've only, they've only been playing golf in Dubai. Well, it's waiting for Delapi scored. So he can play yeah, as much golf as he wants if he's hitting the back of the net. That's all I'll say. Right, so we'll go into the referee rating, who I can't remember his name. What's his name, Ange? Mr. U. Slef. Wow. Him? How did he get on? Uh, for me, he turned up, he had a whistle, one. Yeah, missed two penalties. I thought he didn't let the, the game flow. He kept getting on my nerves. I think the suitor one wasn't really a yellow card for me. And he, he, he didn't seem to like using his yellow cards. I don't know if you forgot him, but I thought Cardiff had a couple of players who should have been booted. But, but, but yes, I, I agree. I agree. But you have to give him the one, Mark, for how many people miss two blatant penalties in the space of eight minutes? You've got to give him a mark for that. Well, well that's why he's got a one. <laughs> but the, the, the thing is that... One of them was in his eye line. I mean, how did he miss oh, that? No. One of them was and literally the in his eye line. And the linesman never moved. And what we rated the French referee from last night? Oh, sorry, uh, Brazilian referee. Yeah, uh, I, I would rate him a one-two. He's getting a minus eight. That's what he's getting, the cheating pig. But anyway... Yes. Well, you, you want to say what you mean here. Yeah, you well... Uh, yeah, if he wasn't wearing, if he isn't wearing a French shirt under that ref, I've never seen anything else. Right, well, so the going... problem was the Brazil had gone out and he was suffering. He was, he was in uh, depression mode. No referees are androids; they don't really care who wins. Right, no, let's go. To, let's go to Alex Neal's rating. Alex Neal, uh, I thought people. Again, I'm going to go back to Michael O'Neill. People were saying they wanted an animated manager. I don't personally think it makes any difference. Uh, on the touchline, and one of the m- things that I was hearing most yesterday was look at him with his hands in his pockets and his hat on, doing nothing. So, A, we now know he's not an animated manager. B, we wanted positive substitutions, and everybody used to say that we got reactive ones from Michael. I think we mostly had reactive ones from him, uh, certainly yesterday, um, and I'm going to give him a five. I like the formation, and I, I liked some of the attacking play. I thought him putting Campbell on the right side finally um, made a difference yesterday, and we looked a threat, a better threat yesterday. The only problem is our midfield is the big issue still. Why, why do you think we looked a threat yesterday? Because we were creating chances. Campbell was breaking throughs, causing chaos on that left-hand side for them. They were struggling to hold him at times. Delap, I think, now with people around him, I think it was a good tactical decision, attackingly. But I think defensively, and he, his substitutions didn't make any difference in the second half. That's the frustrating nature. For me... The team should have held in for 2-1 two, two at half-time, but they couldn't. I just feel that the formation change is what's needed. and we Because we've got to start attacking games, because if we don't, we'll go down, Ange. Simple as that. So I, I like that he's seen it and he's made a change. I don't really care if our manager's like Nathan Jones running around pumping his chest, throwing his arm up in the air, or he's like Mark Hughes and Alex Neal, where they just stand around with their mouths open. As long as they start doing things on the pitch. Now, Alex Neal, none of these are his players. So 
he's got to make a change, Anti, in, in January with whatever he can. And then he's the man who's obviously, by the looks of it, unless he gets sacked, which we don't know, is going to be trusted with this money that we're going to have in the next summer. So he's going to be in charge of the new rebuild. Do you trust him with that rebuild job? No. Is that is that an honest no? Do you don't. What do you rate about his nail? This is his first fifteen games. This was his fifteenth game for Stoke. What are your overall opinions of him? I think, like any manager that comes to the football club, he wants success. I think, like any manager that's come to the club in the past two or three managers, he didn't realise how big the job was. Um, he said at the start when he came, he came because um, he was ambitious and because he knew he'd get the time from, from the family. Uh, I'm not so sure he's going to get as much time as he expected if he doesn't uh, get this juggernaut turning around and going the right way soon. Because, uh, as you've said, we're not doing very well and we're looking at the wrong end of the league. And when people were saying not so long ago we could get promoted and I've done it tongue in cheek if we get into the top half of the season, top half of the league this season, I'll say that he's done extremely well And if he gets this squad of players in the top half of the season, I think he's a miracle worker I'll, Exactly I'll, I'll be honest. And that's how far we've fallen if, if you look at our group of players now, right the very best of our group of players are probably mid-table championship players at best. You compare that to five or six years ago when we had the, well, it's eight years, seven or eight years ago, actually, when we had the Bojans, the Shakiris, the Arnautovic's, right? We're not there anymore. Unfortunately, our brains still compute how good we've been. But now we're, we're on lone players and probably below average middle of the championship players. And you're getting performances that you would expect from people like that. It's not rocket science. The better players play for the best clubs. No, but the I'm... best organised people with the best mentality get promoted. We've got none of that now. It's gone. No, but Ange, that, that's not good enough because there's so much of a heavy pressure on these managers because we're still paying high wages. You know, we, yeah. we look at Baker, he's on 15 grand a week. Luton's star player not long ago um, James Justin who went to Leicester he was on two and a half grand a week you know I think Baker's he's got to be in the top 10 well maybe not now because of the new relegated Premier League teams but he'll be in the top 20 for the highest paid players in this division so it's not good enough and the manager's made the decision it isn't and that's the problem but you took we the new guys come in, the technical director, and Alex Neal's talked about accountability. He'll be accountable to the technical director. At one point, Ian, if you don't see things are going right, and we all know things aren't going right at the moment, at what point do you say, right, I have to hold my nerve and keep this bloke in power, or I get rid and try again? They won't get rid and try again at this moment in time because then another person will come in and want a load of people in the January transfer window and we know how impossible that is anyway whatever people think of Alex Neal he's here for the foreseeable I, I don't think anybody's here in the foreseeable now for 
for management teams, and I, I, I genuinely don't. If if we if we scrape and stay in the division, and it's it's on the fans, Ange now, because the coach well, family. Talk about the fans, Ian. There was the attendance yesterday was twenty thousand one hundred and eleven. That was the official attendance, right? Now I know that the attendance is based on every ticket sold. There's no doubt about that, and Stoke probably sold about twelve thousand season tickets last season largely due to the fact that they were allowing people to buy season tickets for kids anywhere in the ground so that they could all sit together after a certain age. Okay, I'll be I'll go be generous and say there were 14,000 people in that ground yesterday. Now, people are buying their tickets because they're reasonable, and if they only go to 10 matches, they've got the money back. But there is no enthusiasm in this city to go and sit in the cold to watch such poor fare when you've done it for five or six years previously. And this the attitude won't change while Stoke are playing the way they are. No, it won't. We, we all know it won't. It, it, it's a, To be honest now, from the people I speak to and the people who... When I go, you know, because I haven't had a season ticket this year, I probably will next season. I'll probably get back into it next year. But, you know, when I do buy a ticket, it's a chore. You know, it's a real chore you've got because for me, I live in Biddulph. It's the opposite end of the city from Stoke. I have to get a buzz in, and that that for me is the best part of it. The game over the last five years has been the worst part of going Stoke because I I do enjoy yeah. the the day of it. To do enjoy get going to the pub for a couple of pints and then getting on the on the buzz, going up and having a you know a drink before we go in, and then then we go in, and then the worst part of it's the football, and then we go back and go out after. Well, that's how I used to do it. I don't really do that anymore. I don't really drink. But the problem is now with the normal fan is, you know, why bother? That's that's the mentality I'm thinking. I hope people don't do that because I want, I want us to improve. But how can we change that mentality? But, but that's one of the things with modern football. We all talk about playing for the shirt, right? There aren't that many people now who play for the shirt. They play for the wages. Yeah, they, right. always do. they always have done as well, come on. Yeah, but come on, you look at the, the players from the 72 team, they still died in the wall Stokies. Um, I, I actually think that a lot of the players now don't, I mean, it's not just at Stoke, they don't play for the shirt of Stoke City. They play at Stoke and um, we've got a lot of lone players. If they don't want to cut the mustard, then they don't because they know they're going to they're going to leave. Uh, and we've, we haven't got that mentality that we had when Tony Pulis was the manager where everybody was fighting for the same cause, fans, players, whatever. And and also, one of the problems to me is I don't think they're fit enough even now. No. Well, I mean, they aren't going to be fit. I mean, if you look at the players that we brought in, none of them have played football. You know, you but, look at... but Ian, what, what's the Stoke identity now? We haven't got an identity. That's that's been the problem since Mark Hughes come in. The long term damage that Mark Hughes has done to this football club is to be seen. Let's be honest, it's to be seen. It's it's there it's there all over the place. Because he he faded away the great players like Walters and the great players like um Ebrington, I think, disappeared under him as well, and, and loads of other players, not just them. But the problem is because we haven't got we haven't got a, way, a set way of doing things like other clubs. This is why I keep talking about Brentford and Brighton and Leicester and and all these, where the manager doesn't really mean a lot. 
they have a system of what they're bringing in and they'll have a manager that does the similar thing he'll go to other things they'll bring another manager who does similar just to develop these players and then they'll sell them on for big money that's what they do but stoke it's like how many how many technical directors have we had in the last four years five years is it four now what? We've had any technical directors. This is the first one we've had. Well, you know what I mean? Not just technical directors. The man who, you know, sorts transfers out. We had that Aldridge. Three. Thing. We had Aldridge, Three. Cartwright, and there was one more. Cartwright's way gone. Cartwright's yeah, I know, I know but in the last few... Aldridge, still... Cousins, and this new bloke. Yeah, yeah. That's it, yeah. Well, I mean, Aldridge was in for what? Was it seven months? A little bit longer, but you wanted to go back to London. Well, didn't like it here. Well, yeah, that that that's fair enough. But this is the thing. Whereas we should be bringing people in on ten-year contracts and then bringing managers around these. That's what clubs do. But like I said before, it 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 folds itself away when you when you bring it. Because let's be honest, if Alex Neil goes at the end of the season, probably so does Ricky Martin. Uh, no, I don't think that'll happen on either front. Well, you never know, Ange. You didn't think Michael O'Neill was going to get sat when he did, but he did. We did. You didn't expect Gary Rowett was going to get sat when he did, but he did. That that's what happens. And if he if he if the fans turn on Alex Neil and start taking the anger out on the coach family, they'll sack him. Yeah. Simple as that. That's 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 what's going to happen because they don't want the pressure going on them, so they'll sack him and bring another manager in. That's just what will happen. Yeah, you're right. Right. So before we go into anything else, we're going to talk about the January transfer window. It's coming up soon, and there's a lot of talk floating around about a few players coming in. What have you heard, and what do you know? I've not heard anything. I've asked the question. Uh, he doesn't really want to talk about it. But what I do think we're desperate for is, as I've said, a goalkeeper. Um, we've we've heard the stories that he's after a goalkeeper. Um, I think we need a winger, somebody that can get the ball across. Um, and I actually look. I look all over the field, and I think we need a, a midfielder, central defensive midfielder. Uh, do we need another fullback? Uh, maybe. Uh, do we need another striker? So I'll take anything that's going at the moment. We need, we need a new team, Ange, don't we? Yeah, but you aren't going to get that in January. Well, you never know. A bit of money spent. Yeah, but I can't see it. Right, so... I mean, when, when, Tony, when Tony Pulis was the manager, and I'm only using this as an instance... He used to do really well in the January transfer window. He brought in players like Beatty and um, the winger, Everything. what's his name, what? Matthew Etherington, right? I think Jermaine Pennant was a, a signing at that time of year, could be wrong. But his signings all came in and all turn, helped turn the team round or keep them up. We had loads of lone players under Tony Pulis, so you've got to say that it's the mentality of these players that, that might be different. Pulis seem to get a good good tune out of lone players. I don't think we are out of this lot. I don't think Pulis did do well with lone players. I, 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 I oh, can't okay. I, I can't remember a lone player doing well. I mean, John Carew didn't do great. Um, I can remember all those bad loans the season we got promoted that nearly nearly cost us getting promoted, like Amiobi and Riggett and Bothroyd and loads of others. 
the only time he did well with loan signings with loan signings that were definitely going to join permanently whereas ones that weren't he didn't really fancy yeah like Kelly and Bothroyd all these other ones he, he looked at and didn't fancy him the only loan signing I remember him doing well with was Lee Henry yeah he did well he, he was good for us and I, I listened to a, docu- a not documentary a podcast on him the other day and his, his biggest regret was not joining Stoke permanently when the offer was put really? on the table yeah he said it was his biggest regret well, his career disappeared after that didn't he he, 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 he finished he said he hadn't, he hadn't had a good year for five years. He had a good at Stoke. But he, he didn't feel like Stoke were going to push for promotion. How wrong was he? He joined Sheffield United. He didn't play. Stoke went up. Sheffield United nearly went down, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So just his eights there. Right, so what's the next game, Ange? Who have we got next? Bristol, Saturday. Bristol on Saturday. What are we reckoning? I am reckoning a 2-1 defeat. Ange, the World Cup's over, England are out, let's stop being negative. You were very positive. Argentina are still in. No, they'll be out by Croatia. Luka Modric will put a bit of magic on, they'll be out. Right, so what? So you think we're going to lose at Bristol? 2-1. I've got a feeling on a win here, Ange. Well, I hope you're right. I've got a feeling on a, on a, on a 2-1 win. Okay. I've got a feeling, I don't know why, which has been all season... But wherever we go against them, and wherever they do do all right in a draw, they seem to bounce back. And I've got a feeling they'll scrape some of you. Now, Bristol have, have plummeted like a stone. They started very well. At one point, they were feared. But they've plummeted, haven't they, Bristol? So they, I think they're there for the taking. Good. I'm just hoping you're right. You're just hoping I'm right. Right, OK. You seem very down. I don't know what's going on, Angie. I am down. I am down because, you know, we've um, we not played very well yesterday and England lost. And, it, and now I'm pinning all my hopes on a country that I never thought I would pin hopes on, Argentina. Well, this is the magic of, of, of heavy breathing. Breathing exercises <laughs> to get rid of all this. It's a new thing I've done. A bit of meditation. I did it last night after the penalty miss. And I'm happy and I'm all right today. Good. Right. Is it called a bottle of something? This no. Medication? No, no, because I, that was on the way home. Um, I had a couple of. I think I only had two parts last night, but like I said, my head's really sore after that bloody bullet, and I don't know where it come from. Yeah, Set the yeah. on it. I bet it did. Right, so how did the women get on this week? Well, the women haven't played the match, the FA Cup match, which was supposed to be today. Sunday was called off for a frozen pitch. The women are due to play, in fact, the draw for the next round of the Cup will have taken place whilst we've been doing this. Uh, But on Tuesday night, the women are hoping to play, weather permitting, are hoping to play in the next round of the County Cup against Leek at Leek. So we just have to wait and see if that game will be on because I believe that the, the forecast was for it to snow in Leek on Tuesday. So, mm, what do you think? What if we're gonna have a bet on anything? What we're we gonna bet on? Game will be on. You reckon? Yeah, it'll be on. Don't you worry. Yeah, it's quite disappointing because when you look at stuff on on social media at the moment, there's lots of other teams playing cup matches. So we were just unfortunate because we were playing at Leeds, you know, and I suppose it keeps us in for another another round for the draw. But as I say, we'll. Um, We'll just wait and see what happens. 
Yeah, just just a game at a time. And the council meeting was yesterday. Auntie Andrew and I were supposed to go, but I had a family kind of emergency. I had to look after my dad as he went into hospital, so I couldn't go yesterday. Is there anything interesting that come from those meetings? Anything we can discuss on here? Yeah, there's one or two people have just been uh, asking if uh, there could be better signage at the car parks. And I'm still going to look at that. In terms of people having to turn the car around and hold everybody else up. And again, we were asked about flags around the stadium. And there's lots of rules about flags around the stadium. So if anybody uh, wishes to find out and wants to take a flag in, then what they have to do is email anthony.emerson at stokecityfc.com. Right, there we go then. That's that's another one done, Angie. You're happy. Argentina are going out next week. So are France. And Morocco are going to be World Cup champions. I think you're very, very sad. Uh, Morocco... It's a bit harsh, Ange. <laughs> ...probably lose to France. And France will lose to Argentina. I can't believe you're cheering on Argentina. You should be ashamed. You're better than this. I am you? ashamed. That is, just gives you a clue to let you know how down I am when I'm pinning all my hopes on Argentina. Well, you know, it might be the only win of the season, Ange, because I'm still 1-0 up on the game, so it's looking bad, Ange. Right, OK, well, I don't want to talk to you anymore. All right, thanks, sir, Ange. So let's all not be downbeat like Angela. Come on, Morocco. That's what I'm saying. Right, if you like the podcast and you're a first-time listener and you found it on some kind of social media source, there is our page, there's the Potter's Podcast, which you can go on and add yourself to. We've got our own group page. Just type in on Facebook, search the Potters, and you'll find a group page, nearly up to a 1,000. I'm hoping to get past that by the end of this year, finally get to a 1,000. If you're on iTunes, Spotify or any of those podcast platforms. You can find us on there. Just put the Potters podcast in and you'll find us easy. If you're also on iTunes, you could do us a great favour of a five-star review. It means a hell of a lot to us and the podcast. So thanks for listening. All the best. ta